On today's program, the kingdom of Judah was headed for catastrophe. So the Lord sent the message through Jeremiah warning they are no longer under his protection. Coming up next on Our Jewish Roots. In the sixth century BC, one man stood alone against the pervading wickedness of God's people in the land of Judah. The prophet Jeremiah was chosen by the Lord to warn of pending judgment that would come at the hands of the Babylonians. Visions of an exile left him heartbroken and in tears. But Jeremiah remained faithful to his calling and recorded a message that would speak to generations yet to come. Standing tall with faith in God, he understood better days were coming. And there was hope over the horizon. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm David Hart. I'm Kirsten Hart. I am Jeffrey Seif. All right, teacher, help me here. I, it feels like God knew from the very beginning that Jeremiah would fulfill the message that he had for him, yes? Well, he said as much, correct, that before uh, you were born, I knew you in the womb mm. and appointed you. That's one of my favorite verses for Jeremiah and what he's walking through. God's going, I knew you even before all of this and before you being a teenager, I knew you. And, and I love the verse too, where Jeremiah says, I can't help but get these words out. It's like a fire within my bones. He yeah. had to, didn't he? Yeah, something inside of him wanted to avoid it all. You know, he's resistant initially to the call, uh, but there was something in him. It's ambivalence when someone is simultaneously attracted to and repulsed from something at the very same time. And But I'm glad that, that, that the calling worked itself out in his life, and it's a fascinating story for a man in a troubled world. We're going to hear more from you, your teaching in a bit, but right now let's hear more of Jeremiah's story. And the Lord spoke unto Jeremiah, saying, Tell the leaders of Judah, I'm about to bring disaster on this place. Buy a clay jar and break it before them, and tell them I will do likewise with this nation. Well, 
Well, this will be a controversial one. Mention that because we're looking at a place in biblical literature where a prophet was abused by governmental authorities, thrown in jail, beat up. Uh, that's alleged today. People argue that there's something inherently wrong with policing. It's systemic and, and people are being abused. Different people weigh in on different sides of the argument. Uh, I'm not entirely unbiased. Over 20 years of police officer myself, I've never hurt anybody and I hadn't seen others abuse others. It's not to say it doesn't happen, but when it does happen, we find out those who did it arrest them. They're thrown out and tried if need be. It is what it is. Task at hand, however, isn't to look at uh, today as much as it is yesterday. And it's interesting because yesterday we see a story here where the prophet Jeremiah was in fact abused by authorities. I'm looking in chapter 20, verse one, Jeremiah, we're told, was abused. Uh, and Pashur smote, he hit. He hit him. He hit this prophet, and we're told, Now, it's that word, mapeket, that I want to underscore. It literally reads, he put him in stocks. You know, he, um, not handcuffs, but in stocks. But actually, the Hebrew term uh, is rather interesting. It harks to someone being contorted, disfigured. You know, I had opportunity to put someone in handcuffs and they say that's a little tight and I'd adjust them. I'm not trying to be punitive with it when I had opportunity to make an arrest. But here, uh, what happens is Jeremiah is beat up, but then he's stuffed into something that contorts his body. And the thinking is, uh, in that situation over a period of time, the prophet will settle down. But you'll see that's not the case at all. We see the next day, after spending hours and hours, uh, you know, in pain from the sores he received from the beating, as well as from the contortion, we're told he gets out and he gets right back at it. We're told in chapter 20, verse four, Ki ko amar Adonai, thus saith the Lord, viet kol Yehuda itain biad melech bakel, Bavel, he says, Judah is going to be given into the hand of the king of Babylon. And is going to be slain by the sword. It's not a good message to be sure. Jeremiah was relentless. It was a tough message of judgment. He was beat up. He was interred in a way that was uncomfortable. But the man was not to be dissuaded. Lesser men would have just backed off, given the, the difficulties of it all, but not Jeremiah. And you know, from as my wife says, from Genesis to maps, <laughs> from one end of the Bible to the other, we see examples of individuals who are relentless doggedly determined. I think of Job on the one hand, who, uh, you know, Satan, we're told in the literature, says to the Lord, look, he loves you, you've treated him so well. Well, his lot in life deteriorated, and you know what? He was faithful to the Lord even so. I think of Jesus uh, on the cross. The word excruciating is from the Latin excrucis, which translates from the cross, 
that uh, difficulties aside, he, he carries on with his destiny, with his calling. We see it here in Jeremiah, we see it in Job, we see it in Jesus, all these J's. But you can go through the alphabet, all of them did it, and they all had it. We need to recover some of that too. I believe we live in turbulent times, and sometimes we're called upon to take a stand, call it like it is. Not everyone will love us, but we don't just tell them how bad it is. We let people know because of Jesus, there indeed is hope over the horizon. Shamati et lechishatam. Afilu chaveray akrovim em metzapim lemeidati. Hem omrim anachnu nikvor alav. Anachnu ninkom bo et nikmatenu. Adonai tsevaot. Ata bodek et atzadikim. Ata bochen klayot ulev. I think it's helpful to understand that Jeremiah's stand is tethered to the politics of the day. I mention that because Judea is, in effect, a small province located between um, Africa on the one hand, North Africa, where Egypt was a dominant political power, and then to the east, there was Assyria that had been overwhelmed by Babylonia. And Judea is there in the middle at a strategic place. And these larger powers are vying for more influence in the region, and they're both looking to negotiate with Judea. Uh, what happened is Judea had signed a compact with Babylonia, but opted to break it instead, thinking they were going to get a better deal out of Egypt. Now, Jeremiah said, no, Egypt's not going to save you. And the problems that you have are coming upon you. They're not going to be saved by a political alliance because God himself is the savior of Israel and he's withdrawn his protection because of the vices that are ubiquitous in culture. Idolatry, people turning away from God, uh, social inequity, being disinclined to help the poor. Uh, there's a, a variety of things at play. And uh, the answer from Jeremiah's perspective was religious, turning to the Lord, but people were looking for political arrangements as well. And so it is Jeremiah was taking uh, a stance that was unpopular, calling people to repentance. We see it here in chapter uh, 20 again. We get a look into Jeremiah's world. And one of the things that's unique to Jeremiah more so than others is he gives a window into his own heart. In chapter 20, verse 9, he says, If I say I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name, then there is in my heart, as it were, a burning fire. And I, I, it shut up in my bones. In Hebrew, ke'esh be'eret, a, a, a fire that's burning. I believe, by the way, that that's just not reserved for prophets in Bible days. I think a lot of us have stuff that's stirring in our hearts as well. In our case here, in my case and our ministry's case, we're chagrined and we're using our influence to do a television series. 
uh, to look at biblical issues and political issues. For some people, the fire prompts them to speak, to sermonize, to conversate with friends, to vote. Different people do different things, but I think a lot of godly people have some fire that's burning within. It's interesting, by the way, the image. People speak about being on fire, and that image comes from Acts chapter 2, where we see that those empowered with the Holy Spirit were likened to torches that were burning. They were lit up. Uh, there's a fire. There's a light. There's, with that light, piercing the darkness. Oh, in Jeremiah's day, there was political intrigue. There was social unrest. There was darkness. But there was a voice piercing through the darkness, calling Judah to account for her sins. And as we'll see in reasonably short order, letting him know as well that indeed, difficulties aside, even the sins being what they were, there still was hope over the horizon. Our offer on this program is the first three courses in the Institute of Jewish Christian Studies, compiled by Zola Levitt and Dr. Jeffrey Seif. These shortened college-level mini-courses include Old Testament Survey, New Testament Survey, and Jewish History. Each course comes in a three-ring binder with audio CDs, an easy-to-follow outline, and a mail-in test a unique blend of Jewish and Christian perspectives. This self-paced program brings the seminary to you. Call 1-800-WONDERS. not sure how you're watching this program right now, if it's on a big screen TV, if it's on your computer, laptop, but I want you to know we're easy to be found. You know that you can watch all of our different series. You can go back years on our website and also literally we're all over social media. You can watch these programs without a TV. Search us at Our Jewish Roots. You can find us and feel free to also to get in touch with the ministry anytime. If you want to chat with us via email or snail mail, we're there for you. Well, there you go. You know, it's easy for you to find us. It's harder for us to find you. And by that, I mean those that are game to help support us so we can get all this to you. They call it uh, fundraising, but I can assure you it's no fun raising it. But I do need to ask the question and... Uh, if you find value in what we're doing, please help us do it because uh, none of us sitting on this set can fund it alone, nor can anybody in the studio. You bring us here and we bring a, 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 a distinct vision uh, to look at the Bible from a unique perspective. And if it resonates with you, please go with us on the journey and help us in so doing. 
And speaking of the journey, guys, my good friend, a good friend, an old friend, Michael Brown, Dr. Michael Brown's going to be with us, a philologist that is an expert in languages. He wrote a commentary on Jeremiah that's lauded in academia. We get to bring him to you. It's really important to know that God sees the big picture. We often get caught up in the moment, in the pain of the moment, in the rejection of the moment, but God's view is much bigger. Think of Jeremiah. In his day, he was the most rejected man in the nation. In his day, he was alone. Oh, he had Baruch to be with him, but among the other prophets, among the other religious leaders, among the spiritual people, he starts out despised. He's a young man. He doesn't know anything. Who are you to prophesy? He brings a message of judgment. No one wants to hear. He won't compromise his message for the kings, the rulers. He is an utterly rejected man. And you'd think his name will be completely forgotten. Remember, God didn't let him marry, have children. There's no offspring. There's no one to remember his name. But we read his words today as the very words of God. Hundreds of millions of people around the world today read the words of Jeremiah as God's very word. I want to encourage you to have the, the long view, not just to look at the moment, but to recognize that God will vindicate his cause that God will bring glory to his name, and that if you're standing for what's right, you may be alone, you may be isolated, you may be rejected, your name might be slandered, and you might be considered lowly, but God will raise you up in time, and God will vindicate your message. Jeremiah encourages me today, keep speaking the truth. If this generation doesn't see it, the next generation will. Jeremiah is a great read. One hand, it's, it's hard to get one's arms around Jeremiah, partly because uh, the book itself is the largest book in the Bible, more text there than anywhere. Partly because in sections of the literature, it just doles out tough stuff. And this is one of those programs that looks at tough stuff. And it's easy to think, well, the man is angry, he's draconian, he's harsh. Well, he's not angry, he's sad. It's a tough word to be sure, but let's not assume negative things about him. The problem, however, is that when people speak forcefully and directly, sometimes people misconstrue and they get really angry. The word for today comes out of chapter 20, verse 11, or at least the word for this segment in Hebrew, nikmotenu. Uh, revenge. People are, are hateful. They're, they're stirred up. Uh, Jeremiah is saying things they don't want to hear. He's saying things about them they're given to denying. He's operating from a worldview that runs counter to what they're all about. With the net result, Jeremiah is going to say, even my familiar friends they are looking for my stumbling. You know, one realizes it's a hostile world, but we have friends and family. What happens when there's turning against you, even within those networks? We're told here that Jeremiah's associates, his familiar friends, they tire of him. And they're hoping he'll be enticed 
and they're hoping that others will prevail against him. And they say, and we shall take our revenge. That's that word I gave you in the Hebrew. What do you do when you've invoked the ire of others and they're disconcerted and they're minded to get after you with it? Uh, do you want to be defensive? It happens. Remember Jesus, he, uh, he was being inquired of in trial and there was amazement that he doesn't offer defense for himself. He similarly uh, is hard to understand when he says, we do well on occasion to turn the other cheek. Sometimes you just have to take it because to stand up for biblical truth you're just picking a fight, you know, with the devil. What can I say? You know, it's people just don't want to hear it. And I think today there is so much deceit in the land. I see it in newsprint, in printed media. I see it formally on major network television media. Uh, I see it on social media. Just so much. You know, fake news on steroids. In, in this program we've looked at it, we've seen that the, that the prophet was stirred up, stirred up. The, there was a fire within him and, and he had to speak. We did this series because there was a fire within us and we felt we had to speak too. And I believe that godly people all over the land are feeling a stirring as well. My encouragement is use your influence within your webs of relationships. Stand up for biblical principles. You might get jostled around a little bit, but I'm telling you, if you stand up for it, you will see God work through you to accomplish his good purpose. And we see, even though Jeremiah is uh, harsh, or so it seems to be sure, in this particular program in Toto, well, you need to look at the programs before and see what's coming. You'll see indeed that this man saw hope over the horizon. People like to talk about separating church and state. Uh, Jeremiah apparently didn't get the memo uh, because there is a voice that's addressing what's happening in the state. Now, if you look at the state, the state uh, uh, encases uh, the marketplace of political, religious, social, philosophical ideals. And the question is, can you get biblical voice in there? Biblical voice was marginalized back there in the biblical text. And you know, in so many ways, it's like that today. And like Jeremiah, uh, those of us with a biblical perspective want to take our case to the marketplace of human ideas and, and, and fight back against the prevailing darkness. In that sense, uh, Jeremiah uh, didn't just live yesterday. That same inclination uh, carries on today if we're minded open our voice like he did. Yes? Well, I think the Israelites at the time had, had two paths. They could go with these political alliances that they think, oh, Egypt's, Egypt's going to be, you know, they'll be with us, or God's way. And somehow what the Egyptians were offering looked better. And also, all Jeremiah was saying was, may I repent, repent, come back to me, it'll all be good. But they just couldn't do that. It was simple, I think. Well, to that point, it transcends politics. 
they were looking to make alliances with the wrong people. In fact, they did in, instead of the Lord. There was another plan. They, they went for what seemed uh, most expedient politically. Uh, people vote like that today, but uh, the Lord wants us to, to look to him as having the principal answer to the human experience. Go ahead. Are you... No, but still there are parties. Yeah that are more representative of biblical faith and virtue. When you look at the marketplace of political ideals, some of those comport with biblical sensibilities. Some of those are absolutely bombastic. And, and, and biblical people need to make a decision. And we get to cast it with a vote. You're a policeman. I mean, you're way more than that. You're an instructor. You have your doctorate. Uh, do you find that you are torn between political differences and what you need to stand for and your belief and your faith? No, not at all. For, I mean, for me, the way I put all that together, it, it's all about helping people. There's different ways to do it. You know, out there on the streets, uh, people champion defunding the police. Well, look, uh, we're going to have to refund whatever we defund because the world is what it is and policing isn't going to go away. And I just wanted to be the right kind of officer out there to be a light in the darkness. Uh, we all want to uh, shine a flashlight in a darkened world, and there's different ways to do it. I, I think today about the Christian church in general that it just feels to us that there are a lot of deaf ears, blind eyes, even today like it, like, like it was back in the day. Well, I think so, that uh, uh, a, a revival sweeping through wouldn't hurt in the least. And, uh, you know, a wake-up call for all of us uh, indeed would be good. And uh, I think uh, Jeremiah in his day was one of those wake-up calls. He was that voice in the wilderness uh, crying, prepare the way of the Lord. And uh, uh, he wasn't heeded. May it be that people heed the will and ways of the Lord today. And God kept giving them chances to turn back through Jeremiah, through the pro prophets. All the voices of the prophet were turn and repent and then it'll be restored, but they just couldn't. No, and he knew as well, and it's predicted in the literature that people weren't gonna respond properly, but God did by sending the Messiah, the deliverer into the world. And he didn't just come into the world in general 2,000 years ago, he can come into your mm -hmm. world and my world and circumstances right now. We're pleased that you let us come into your world through the miracle of television. Uh, let Jesus come into your world through the miracle of being born again. Amen. So be it. Yes. Thank Good you for your today. insight, your teaching today. It's time to go. Dave, yes, it is. Yes. Kirsten, gang, as you go, Sha'alu, Shalom, Yerushalayim. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. right now for additional content that is only available on our social media sites, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Visit our website, levitt.com, for the current and past programs, the television schedule, tour information, and our free monthly newsletter, which is full of insightful articles and news commentary. View it online, or we can ship it directly to your mailbox every month. Also on our website is the online store, there, you can order this week's resource, or you can always give us a call at 
wonders. Your donations to Our Jewish Roots help us to support these organizations as they bless Israel. Please remember we depend on tax-deductible donations from viewers like you.